From engineer to financial fitness coach, Dan Hines shares his journey, how he shifted into entrepreneurship and into the finance world. My favorite thing he said was, just like not getting on a scale because you ate a half a cake yesterday, it's not a judgment of those choices. It's information to help you make better choices and to move forward. And that goes the same with money. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss his inspiring story. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And today, my guest is the outstanding Dan Hines. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you for having me, Shay. Appreciate being here. And Dan and I just actually connected what, just a couple of months ago, maybe? Yeah, it, it was not that long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both in this mastermind, Total Life Freedom, and it was like, hey, we haven't talked yet. Hey, we need a chat. Let's talk about, you know, what we're up to. So it was so, yeah. so great to connect with you, and I'm so happy that you are here on the show. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've got this Kansas City connection. I grew up near, uh, in Iowa, um, and so and I've we have that Kansas- connection too, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, Shay and I are going to have a lot to talk about, and we <laughs> talked. It was at least an hour. It flew by, if not an hour and a half. Like it was not hard for us to, to get along real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, and I grew up right. You went to Iowa State, and I grew up yep. right near there. So yeah, very funny. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you for having me this morning. I really appreciate it. I mean, just anything. I just love your message about investing in people. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, it's, well, and you know, sure, I'm a finance guy. So the word investing means a lot of different things to me. But I'm happy to talk about, you know, what that means, not just for money, but for your your spouse, your partner and in other other people in your life as well. Mm, awesome. So before we dive right in, uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, let me tell you who Dan Heinitz Heinz is. He is an MBA. He's a gentle soul and financial coach behind adulting with money. For seven years, Dan has taught couples how to unite, not fight, over money, whether they crush debt faster, buy a house sooner, or just want to get on the same page. I'm sure tons of people are going to want to know more about that. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) He has written two guides. One is on how to talk about money with your spouse the ultimate guide, and how couples crushing debt teaches couples how to be on the same page with money by focusing on meaningful, longful habits and sprinkling in some helpful hacks. He also draws on his experience as an adjunct professor in finance when guiding couples towards financial and marital bliss. You can sign up for his guides at adultingwithmoney.com. And of course, we'll have those in the show notes as well. So welcome to the show. And Dan, I always like to start off, you kind of almost started talking about it, but I'd like to start (laughs) off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Yes. And I think this is key to what I'm trying to get across with my financial coaching and my guides is that investing in people to me honestly really means listening to them and trying to figure out what their goals are. I think it's so easy for us to give, and especially as a coach, I have to avoid it, is giving unsolicited advice and just saying, hey, you should do this and hey, you should do that. 
And, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where like there's 10 billion great ideas out in the world, but it, it really narrows down to what is it that you want uh, as an individual, but also what does your partner want, your spouse, your parents, your kids, because you might have amazing advice and it might be really good to follow. But if, if someone can't tell if it's helping them get what they want, they're probably just going to be like, okay, that's nice. That's cool. <laughs> and so, you know, with my coaching, uh, but just even my own marriage, it's to say, you know, whenever my wife wants something, I make sure to listen. You know, I don't say necessarily say yes right away or, you know, we work together as a team. So it's, I don't have, you know, carte blanche authority over all of our money. But, you know, when I want something or she wants something is we really take the time to listen to what that is. And then we start to talk about how much it costs and then that kind of comes back to the budgeting and figuring out, well, how can we go afford it? But it all starts with that, the thing that you want or the outcome, the result. And once you know that, then it's like, okay, now we know it, it makes uh, making decisions a lot easier. So that's for me, investing in others is to really, really listen, get to know your, yourself and your partner or anyone else first. And then you can give them advice that is amazing because you know exactly where they want to go. Mm, I just am so in awe of that's what you do. That's so great. And so, of course, I'm curious. So did you and your wife, did you start off at some point like having financial issues or did you see someone else and you're like, you know what, I have to find a way to coach people away from that? (laughs) Um, Well, I suppose it's a little bit of both. Um, So my wife and I didn't have huge amount of troubles, but I guess our our origin story, if you will, is, uh, you know, we had just gotten married. I'm sitting on the couch in our apartment and I see my wife walk in the door because it's an apartment. I can see the front door from our couch. Um, And she has, and you know, we we were brand new living together. And so she was working on essentially decorating the apartment and she had these giant bags from Target. And I'm pretty sure they were full of pillows. That's so they were like extra. Of course, yes. (laughs) They were extra big. And, you know, this was not the first shopping trip that I'd seen her come walking in. And I thought, gosh, what did she buy this time? That was that was the first thought I had. But, you know, we had just gotten married. You know, I want our marriage to last 60 plus years. Um, and, And so the second thought that I had was, oh, wow. I need to never think that again. Like if we're going to make it, Mm -hmm. that needs to be a thought that never happens again. And so that really kind of got my brain rolling into like, how do I, how do we start to handle money together? Um, Because we weren't really doing anything. We had just gotten married. We had talked about maybe doing joint accounts at some point, didn't really get around to doing anything. Everything was separate. I was on commission as a financial advisor. She was, her, her paycheck wasn't the exact same every month. So it was hard to know if we were digging ourselves into a hole or not, was that, you know, purchase at target? (laughs) Was that, was that the straw that broke the camel's back or not? Um, And so, yeah, that, that started the, started the conversation. But as far as helping other couples, you know, I've realized that us working together and just me listening to my friends talk about money or, you know, listening to other people talk about money, I could just tell like, oh, we kind of have a better way of doing this. (laughs) Mm. You know, I, I, I kept that to myself, but it felt like, you know, our conversations with money are so comfortable, like we have no problems talking about money at all. And so I started to realize like, well, how can I help others get to that space in terms of finance when it comes to having healthy, productive, comfortable conversations over money? And that's that's what I've been doing for a couple of years now, just helping couples get to that place or at least get started for the very least. Mm, 
I love that you use the word comfortable because I'm just thinking um, not only from my own experience, but just from, you know, hearing um, people in my, in my coaching field of people who are like uncomfortable with talking with money to their significant other. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and yeah. so have you found that a lot of our money um, habits, if you will, has stems from, you know, what we learned from our parents or have you found it to be something else? Yeah, it's mostly what we've learned from our parents or what we've just kind of figured out along the way. <laughs> it's because, yeah. you know, I I think a lot of people could argue that personal finance should be more important uh in high school and or yes. even in college just yes. to ha- and and it's becoming more important. More and more states are making it a requirement to have some sort of personal finance course for graduation. So it's getting better. Um but in the end the problem is that there is no right way to handle money. And so when you have a couple and, you know, just uh, historically people are getting married at a later and later age, thus they've been living on their own as adults on their own. Uh, I've repeated myself, but (laughs) you know, they've been doing it um, their own way. And now they're trying to combine those things. So it's not just about from your parents, but also like things you've figured out and the habits that you've already gotten into. And now maybe you need to let old habits die or start to new habits or form uh, merge habits. And so that can be, that can be hard. If you've, if anyone out there has ever tried to lose weight, I mean, it's old habits die hard (laughs) or tried to quit smoking or anything like that. And so the same really goes for money. In the fact that um, you know it's it's you've you've been doing it the way that you've been doing it, and you think it's the right way, and then all of a sudden someone else comes along and they have what they think is the right way, <laughs> and that's where you start to butt heads. And so, as a coach, I'm a little bit of a third party mediator, trying to help a couple be like, okay, you're both right. Kind of, because there is no right way. So let's, how can we find the right way for you as a couple, a new way that helps combine all the great things you're already doing uh, and, and move along from there? Mm, I love that. What's so f- interesting to me is that you're saying the right way. And uh, just thinking about, again, back to my own story and other people's, it's like, okay, so I'm okay. Like I'm debt free. I've done this, I've done that. And then you meet someone you know, who, um, you know, you want to spend, you know, possibly the rest of your life with. And that can be just having that conversation can be uncomfortable, right? Just being able to have the uh, courage to say, hey, what does your finances look like? And then that other person coming, having the courage to say, I have debt. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times debt is shameful. Yes. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you know, Brene Brown, I know, talks about it where, you know, guilt is saying to yourself, I've done something bad. Uh, and then shame is more like I am a bad person. And right. that's really hard to get over. And so, yes. So that's where, you know, when I'm talking with couples, I'm not judging because the moment I judge anyone, I won't be able to influence them. So I just have to accept them for who they are, where yes. you are, what's going on and say, OK, then we get into that. What do you want? conversation. Uh, So once we have that point A and point B, then the coaching starts to take over to say, okay, well, how do we get from where you are to where you want to go? And, you know, the past is a past. I'm not a a clinical therapist. So I'm sure there are some people that need to to dig into that stuff and and fix some of that stuff. I'm not that guy, but I can help you move forward when it comes comes to finances and how how to start to get over that shame. 
how to how to start to get over that guilt by seeing a better future and and working towards it and you know learning to forgive ourselves because it's you know i fortunately i've had a pretty healthy relationship with money so i understand what it feels like and what it looks like but i definitely have shame and guilt over other things in my life so i've been there mm-hmm. not in terms of money but you know if, as far as my weight just trying to grow my own business i mean it's i've, I've felt it <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. been there um but it's also then to say how do we get over that absolutely and you know shame is exactly what you said it's that i'm a bad person Mm-hmm. So as a, um, you know, uh, as coaches, it is our obligation to, to really come to the table with no judgment, you know, seeing mm-hmm. everybody as, as an innocent party and just going from there. Like you said, what is it that you need? What is it that you want and how can we move forward? Right. And yeah, such a great, great model for how you coach. I love that. Yeah. And that, and I know that can be hard for some couples as well, because, you know, as we were talking about earlier, we kind of come into the relationship with the right way to handle money because it's a way that's been working for us. Mm-hmm. Thus, it's at least a right way. <laughs> right. And, and I think at some point, you know, and, and I don't want to, and I'm not going to stereotype men or women because it happens on both sides of mm-hmm. the gender spectrum is that someone decides like, this is the way to do things. And they're like, okay, we're going to budget. And they kind of just give it to their partner to say, here's how we're going to handle money without asking for their input, without asking for their opinion, without asking for, you know, what is it that they really want? You know, one side gets really, really jazzed and really excited about getting out of debt or the fire movement or something like that. And they're just trying to drag their partner along. And that's not, that's not the way to do it. I, it kind of started that way with me and my wife is that I just kind of decided, Hey, we're going to do better with money. Um, and I learned that dragging her along was not going to work. So Mm. anytime we've learned anything new, anything we've tried something new, or if I've learned something, I basically say, Hey, I want to do this. Here's kind of what it looks like. What do you think? And I let her ask all the questions that she wants. I get, I get buy-in. That's the first step is to say, yes, we're, let's get, uh, get a yes <laughs> to go along on this adventure. And then we'll figure out the details, the how and, and how we're going to work together. But let's decide that, yes, we as a couple, we as a team, this is our goal. And then we'll move forward. You know, I mentioned in your bio that you have your MBA in finance. And so I'm curious, did you ever... Like what drew that passion about finance? Because just talking to you, you can see how it like exudes from you. So I love it. Was there something like, uh, you know, you had a mentor or someone that you, who influenced you that you looked up to? Gosh, that's a wonderful question. And I'm saying that just to delay and <laughs> think of an answer. Um, not that I can think of. I, you know, I growing up, I'm definitely an analytical left brain type of mind. I have an engineering degree, never got into engineering, but you know, the solving problems, solving riddles, the math and the numbers and the analytics that came with it, looking at data, looking at graphs, um, that really, that was something that came a bit more natural to me. You know, mm-hmm. marketing and sales copy and writing great, wonderful words. That's been a lot harder for me. <laughs> I'm learning, I'm getting better, but it's been a lot harder. And so, uh, but then I got my MBA and that's where I fell in love with finance. That's where, you know, rather than engineering, where it felt like there was a right answer and a wrong answer, finance started to turn into a game. 
is that ah. it's not about a right answer or a wrong answer. It's more like chess or football where there are strategies. Yes. And there's, there are good strategies and bad strategies, but there are no right strategies and wrong strategies. Because I, I learned in my MBA that um, essentially you can make money when markets go up. You can make money when markets go down. You can make money when markets go sideways. Like you, There is an infinite number of ways to make money. In the end, you just have to choose what you want and <laughs> what you want to get good at and then go forward. And then as soon as my MBA was done, I was a financial advisor uh, for two years. So I had my licenses helping couples with uh, insurance and investments. And I like that to a, to a point. But the problem with um, that world is it's so regulated that all the marketing and the things that you can do online are very restrictive. Sure. <laughs> you have to be very careful about what words and the things you're putting out into the world. Otherwise, your insurance rates go up really high. Um, <laughs> and so I, ba- I kind of backed off from that to say, well, if I, I stick in the budgeting world and then getting out of the debt, then I can help a lot more people. I can be me. I can say essentially what I want um, and then and help in that realm. And to, to take my personality and take my viewpoint and just help as many people as I can, (laughs) you know, try to help those that are on more of the ground floor of personal finance. And it just, you know, eventually I just kind of fell into it. I I was just trying things until I found something that I really love. (laughs) Well, and it shows, it literally shows every time I talk to you and you're talking about finance, you just get this, like, I don't know, it's like a, a, you just beam, beam with excitement. So I (laughs) I love that. My my eyes kind of go off into a corner and I just start (laughs) talking and I kind of ignore you. (laughs) No, I think it's great. I think it's, it's that, you know, if you can't love and light up, light your soul on fire with what you do, then you need to figure out how to, how to do that, do something else that does. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, and I, and that's another reason that I think it's fun is that there is no, like I said, there is no right way to handle money. There are good habits. And that's uh, what I teach my, my couples is like, here are the three major habits that you need to learn to master money together. Um, But it's to, it's also fun to find the solution to help them. Like that's kind of the puzzle part. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I'm not trying to take square pegs and shove them into round holes. I'm trying to find what shape you are and then we'll create the hole that fits for you and fits for you as a couple and as a team. Uh, because it, certainly as individuals, I can figure out how you work, but then the fun comes together. Like, okay, how can we find a win-win solution for both of you that you're, you're both going to fall in love with this plan and this idea? Gotcha. So you're kind of like the prerequisite in order to go into a financial advisor because a little bit. You, because you're already going, okay, what are your goals? What are you, what does that look like budget wise? And really kind of allocating what that could look like going forward. And then they can go to a financial planner and go, okay, this is how much I want to invest in investments and in yes. insurance and things like that. Yes, because it can be very daunting. I mean, yeah. it, as a financial advisor, I saw people, it, w- it was kind of funny. So here's where the, uh, the stereotypes are going to come in is that, you know, I would tell guys, essentially, you know, on average, I would say, hey, I'm a financial advisor and be like, oh, what stock should I buy? Here's, here's a stock I bought. And it became kind of a, you know, pissing contest right away. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then I would say that to women, they'd be like, oh, cool. <laughs> and then that, that would be it. And so I thought, gosh, there's something here. There's, you know, there's, there's a little bit of something here where for some reason, you know, I, I call myself a financial advisor and it just, 
it's a it's a bell that sets something off in people's heads and they go in a certain direction. So now I call myself a financial coach because I'm I'm definitely more of a teacher and a coach and a mentor. Um, you could also think of me as like a personal trainer is to say like you walk into a gym and you're like, gosh, what's all this equipment? Should I use any of it? Should I use all of it? What how you know, what are my goals? And so that personal trainer can kind of help hold your hand teach you everything you need to know. And then maybe after a year, you're like, okay, I'm good. I know what I'm doing. And then you can kind of go off. And as a financial coach, I see myself as much the same way as I'm going to teach you a lot, the basics, but then eventually when you need to get into like specifically what exact insurance policy you should buy and what exact retirement account you should open, definitely I'm happy to pass you off to financial advisors because that's what they have the licenses for. They have the firms and, and all of the technology and equipment to help you with that. But it's I'm helping you go from like, I don't know anything to I know enough to be dangerous. And then I'm going to go to a financial advisor for more help <laughs> or read more books and, and get more advice. So yeah, I, I agree. I'm kind of the ground floor and I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's, it's just fun. <laughs> mm, I love that. So you're kind of like a, uh, for those of you who have uh, hired a personal trainer, you're like the personal trainer for your prosperity, meal plan for your money, uh, fitness, yeah. fitness coach for your finances. Exactly. Fit, ooh, I like that last fitness coach for your finances. Yes. Getting your finances and fit tip top shape. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Cause yeah. a lot of couples that come to me are kind of in that, like they're a great couple. They're actually have a good relationship, but they're kind of the blind leading the blind and they've realized that. <laughs> so they just want kind of that third party uh, coach slash mentor be like, okay, we both want to do better, but we don't really know what that means or how to go get it. And I'm like, perfect. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> so with that being said, is there any particular advice? Because I'm, I'm just thinking of my, my um, you know, again, myself, I'm thinking, sure, okay, yeah. I, I would love to find, uh, you know, a significant other who's like, let's start investing in real estate. So mm. is there something that uh, like just a tip or two or, or whatever advice you would give is this is where you would start? Mm hmm. Sure. So I guess um, with that, if you're looking for a particular, so let me, uh, can you repeat the question? <laughs> My mind went like three different directions and I thought I better have her repeat the question and to get, get an accurate answer. <laughs> so let's just, so I, let's say I, I have a significant other and yeah. uh, I want to um, invest in real estate. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. And um, where would I start that conversation? Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. So that's exactly what me and my wife are going through right now is I have, because of TLF and because of the people we've gotten to know, I am now interested in getting into real estate investing. And so um, as the money nerd, and because I want to know about this, I've been, I've started to read books and I'm about done with my fourth book uh, on, on the topic. And that'll be enough. I need to get started and, and take action. But you know, I've gone to my wife and, and I've said, hey, this is something I'm thinking about. This is something I want to do. And that opens up the conversation for her to ask, well, why? <laughs> you know, why is this yeah. something you want to do? And then that opens a conversation to, well, I'm looking to eventually get some passive income. And then you say, okay, well, what is passive income? Well, it's, you know, it's the income we get without having to work. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not W-2. It's, it's we're living off of money that we don't have to spend 40 hours a week making. It just comes in the mail. I mean, there is work to go into it, right? Uh, but that opens up the passive income. But then that then opens up into like, well, are we happy with our jobs? What is it? What is it that we really want? But the good news is that since my wife and I talk about money every month, 
and we, you know, reassess our goals or, or we're constantly talking about money, the conversation was actually very short. <laughs> it was uh, because, you know, it, it, it was just like, hey, I'm thinking about getting into this and here's what's going on. And she asked like three questions and then she was good to go. Um, it was actually very quick, but we spent eight, nine years of having money conversations to make it so, so short in the beginning. And because I know what I want, she knows what she wants and we know what we want. It's to say, I want to do this and it's going to help us with retirement. And she went, okay. <laughs> and, and so it was, here's, here's a step of something I want to try. And here's how it's going to help us reach the goals that we've already talked about. And it's like, okay, it, you know, it, it makes it a, a, an easy conversation that way. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question, but that's my answer so far. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I answered your que- answer my question because it was really about saying, this is what I'm thinking about. How, what do you, you know, what do you think? What do you want to know? What do you, you know, yes. what, what are, are your goals? What are your thoughts about it? I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I love that you also mentioned that you have a money conversation every month. Yes. Which reminds me of, uh, I went through uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have mentioned the word nerd just a little bit ago. And so he always says that there's a person who's the money geek, right? The money nerd. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then the free spirit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so do you see that as uh, you work with couples? Do you see that one is definitely more of a numbers person and the other person and spreadsheets and, and data and the other person is more of a free spirit? Or do you see accumulation mm-hmm. of everything? Uh, well, I mean, it's a little bit of everything because you can definitely have a couple that's both both of them are nerds and both of them are free spirits in, in that regard. Um, and yeah, and it's because what I'm really looking for in the end when it comes to like dealing with finances is that I believe that the work, like the pushing the buttons and the clicking of the stuff, you know, that can be 90% one person and 10% the other. Like one of you can do most of the work, but as long as you're uh, decisions are 50-50, you'll be great. Because communication, that's the 80% or that's the 20% that's going to get you 80% of the results. Having those little conversations every month or on a regular basis means that you're on the same page. And when you're on the same page, it kind of doesn't matter who does the work as long as the work gets done. Um, and so, yeah, so that's where when I'm working with a couple and one of them's definitely more um, analytical, they're more detail oriented, um, then I make sure to talk to them to say, okay, you might need to calm down a little bit. <laughs> you might need to dial it back. You know, your, your partner doesn't need to know everything because they don't want to know everything to make a decision. Like if you just come to them and say, here's the plan, here's what I want to do. Uh, and they say, yes, conversation over. You don't have to spend a half an hour convincing them if you get a yes in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, another book that I love is uh, The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And she digs a little bit into um, personalities as well. And long story short, the book is about how we react to inner expectations versus outer expectations. Mm -hmm. I am a questioner because I value my inner expectations very highly, but kind of rebel against outer expectations. I don't really care what society tells me. I'm going to do what I want to do. But then my wife is a bit of the opposite. She's an obliger where she values outer expectations very highly. If basically, if I want her 
to do anything. I just have to ask and set that expectation and, and it gets done. But I also know, you know, there, there is that little bit of power um, that I need to use wisely. So I don't ask a lot of her because of that, because it adds stress. Cause then she's thinking about work and, and family and, and other stuff as well. Um, but then you have people like the Tony Robbins of the world that are upholders. They're just, they just get everything done. But then you've probably seen people in your life who are the rebels where they, no one can get them to do anything and neither, and they can't get themselves to do anything. They just, they really don't stick to any expectations at all. And so, you know, a combination of that plus, you know, what Dave Ramsey says and other, you know, personality quizzes, you you think about Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or DISC, you know, I'm trying to think about all of those when I'm looking at a couple to see, okay, how do they tick? (laughs) How do they think? And what do they want? And how do we start to bridge that gap? Um, So yeah, it's, uh, I definitely see it. Um, It happens. And so then the question is, well, you are who you are. So then how are we going to deal with it? (laughs) Yeah, I I love that you mentioned that other book. So for me, I am a fearless, uh, fearless living coach. Yes. And so in that book, Fearless Living by Rhonda Britton, they talk about expectations in a way that basically shows you that any expectations that you have only on yourself and from external is fear. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's really about just being able to communicate of, are you willing? Yeah. You know, or am I willing? What am I willing to do? Right. Mm -hmm. And so it takes all of that and, and changes it to a different conversation, not only with yourself, but externally as well. So I, I, that's a great, great, um, you know, perspective on it as well. So thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and fear can be a big part of that. I mean, that fear starts to, to turn into shame and the guilt that we already talked about before. And so how do we get over that fear? I mean, I, as a financial coach, I, I help people with money, but I also have my own business uh, and life coach that, you know, she helps me get over a lot of those fears and those things. And it's, you know, it's, because I have gone through that and I've realized, you know, I'm not a bad person. I'm not stupid or lazy, but I've got some stories in my head that keep repeating that need Uh. to be not repeating anymore, or I need to replace it with a new story. Or, you know, it's amazing how I am stopping myself from Mm -hmm. so many things. And so that's also what I'm looking for when I'm coaching my couples is to say, what story are they telling themselves or that they have learned as we were talking earlier, Mm -hmm. what have they learned so far that is holding them back? And that, you know, what story can I replace that with that helps them not only do better with money, but it also improves their relationship uh, and try to try to uh, teach that story instead. So yeah, absolutely. That fear that comes along with expectations is like, how, how do we deal with that? How do we get over that? Mm-hmm. You know, it just reminds me of the, 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 my own work that I have done and realizing like, what were the stories that I believe about money? Uh, and what was I told? Like, uh, money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, that one, uh, like you work hard enough, you'll get, you'll make enough money. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the keyword is enough. Yeah. Yes. You know, the enough, right. That's, the, <laughs> you know, how much is, is enough? enough? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when is enough, you know, uh, achieved? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it comes from, you know, my mom hiding shopping bags instead of your wife, bringing them in the door. My mom would hide them in the trunk of the car mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for my dad not to see. And then it was, well, if we have checks, we have money. 
you know, so there's a lot of things that I know I had to work on myself and really rewrite. And um, I think for me, it also goes into the scarcity um, mindset or abundance, you know, what you, what are you willing to look at or what are you willing to let go of? Mm -hmm. And um, I think if for our listeners that are listening, if you have, so I like to do this with my um, clients if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, at some point I want to make X amount of money, um, I want to um, challenge you to write down how much money do you want to give away? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then add a zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, oh, I'm going to push you a little bit out of the comfort zone. There. Yeah. Yeah. It, add a zero. Right. Yeah, well, and and it's good that you're pushing people out of the comfort zone because that's where growth is. We don't grow inside of our comfort zone because that's that's where we're comfortable. You you have to, you know, as they say in weightlifting, no pain, no gain. You know, you've got to stress those muscles to to trick them or to tell them, hey, you need to grow. Like this is going to happen again, so you better get stronger the next time this comes around. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know when you have a. Uh, things from your inherited from your parents. I know um, one person, you know, he was unwilling to file his taxes because he knew he owed. And he was like, I just don't want to know how much I owed. I'm like, (laughs) you went through how many years without filing? Imagine all the fees and the penalties and the da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. I'm like, at some point you're going to have to file at some point you're going yeah. to have to file. Like you don't get a choice in not filing. You just have to face it and it's okay. Mm-hmm. It, but it's to really, like you said, it's to let go of that shame, that guilt, that I'm a bad person, mm-hmm. not a mm-hmm. bad person. You've made some bad choices and now it's time to just forgive yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, you know, I, I have a friend that, uh, Long story short, she's, you know, she's living with her parents, but she really wants to move out. Um, and she's very scared of home ownership. She just, you know, she, uh, she hasn't tried to get pre-approved uh, for a loan. She hasn't talked to anyone and she kind of keeps delaying because the fear of how hard it will be has stopped her from really doing anything. Mm. Um, but, you know, you know, if, if we, if her and I were to really sit down and talk, you know, cause I, I know her through like a, a Facebook group. And so, but you know, if we re- really sit down and talk, I would want to sit down and really ask her, what is it that you want? Mm. Because in the end to get through those darker times, to get through those heavier times, we need something awesome that we want on the other end. There's gotta be some sort of reward um, where it's just like, okay, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt, but on the other side, here's the reward. Here's what's gonna be awesome about this. Uh, but it's also to say, you know, just like, you know, not filing your taxes or not opening your bank account, or, you know, I go keep going back to health. It's to say not getting on the scale because <laughs> you ate right. half a cake yesterday. Um, <laughs> I've done that. Don't tell anybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> or half a pizza or you right. know, Labor yeah. Day weekend and you just let yourself go, you yeah. know. Um, but I, I weigh myself every day because it's, for me, it's become not a judgment of my choices. It's just information to help me make better choices and the, to, to move forward. And that goes the same with money is to yes. say there are people that are thinking, gosh, I want to get a master's degree or I want to buy a house. And I'm amazed at how many fights and how many conversations 
uh, move forward when you start to put numbers to paper, like you challenging people, like how much does that cost? Give right. me a monthly number. Like maybe right. it'll take time. I understand that. But if you want an emergency fund of $20,000 and you want it done in a year, that divided by 12 is a number. Can you afford that number? And they go, well, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well then we need to start tracking your money and budgeting. And, but, but it all starts with that goal is to say, what, what do you want? And then because too many couples get in this, hypothetical conversation like, well, we could do this or we could do that. Well, what about this? And what about that? And oftentimes they're fighting with each other about both of them have good solutions to a problem, (laughs) but is that the problem that they need? How much do those solutions cost? And that's where you can, you know, I'm using the word negotiate, but that, you know, you can have a a productive discussion to say, oh, wow, the thing, the, the solution I want is way more expensive than I thought but yours is way cheaper. So let's just go with yours because it's, it's a good idea and it's way cheaper than what I wanted to do. And then those conversations just like, okay, they're done. <laughs> Problem solved, decision made. Now we're moving forward. Well, I love that you said, just like weighing yourself on the scale, it's information. Yes. And I believe so many people like the, the, the guy who was unwilling to find out what is, you know, he owned at taxes. It's just information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, that's the scary part is the uncertainty. Yes. Right. So you can't feel uh, confidence or can make a, an informed decision without information. Yep. Yeah. But we, what we also have to be careful is that then there's people like me, the engineers of the world, <laughs> that uh, get analysis paralysis. We get too much information, mm-hmm. and then we don't do anything. So there's, there's a healthy balance there. There's a healthy balance where we need to know things, but we don't need to know everything to, to make a decision as well. <laughs> no, but you definitely need to know uh, enough, right? You need yes. To, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm... I'm I'm definitely a free spirit, but I'm also caught up in the whole analysis paralysis thing. I will research a car for years before I go buy it. And, Uh um, but at the same time, it's because I believe in the, it's not time for me to Mm -hmm. buy it financially. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a goal, like something I can like continue to like daydream about. And one, one day it'll come up, you know, it'll come true, which just happened actually about a month ago. So I was able to do. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. But most people, you know, they don't look at it like that. They look at it as, oh, that'll never happen. Well, Mm -hmm. how can you, what advice would you give you, like give them if they had a a goal out there, what advice would you give them to go, okay, where do I start? Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So when I work with couples, the first thing I have them do is go off on their own and take five minutes to write down as many goals, hopes, and fears that they have with money. Like I want to get out of debt. I don't want this to happen. I want an emergency fund. I want to buy a house. You know, just, I want to go on vacation. Where do you want to go on vacation? You know, just as many things as you can. But then once the five minutes is over, write, uh, circle the top five. What are the top five most important things on your list? Then as a couple, we're going to come together and make a top 10 list. So both of you get all five on the list. Everything goes on the list. But now as a couple, we need to prioritize to say, what's the most important goal for you as a couple. And oftentimes a couple has been talking about things and that top 10 list becomes like a top eight or a top seven because there's some overlap. There are some things that both of them want so that, you know, it takes up only one slot instead of, instead of two. And it's not to say that you have to accomplish those goals uh, in that order, 
and finish them in that order. It's more about to say, what do we find is the most important? So like uh, you think about your calendar, if you want health to be important, put your gym time on your calendar first and then fill in the rest or put sleep on your calendar first and then fill in the rest. And the same goes for your budget and your money is to say, you know, getting out of debt is the most important thing for us. How much does that cost every month? And then we're going to figure out the rest. Um, And so that's where, it's, it can be tough. I'm doing the same thing with my own business. It's like, I want to write a book. I want to start a podcast. I want to do a membership site. I want to do an online course, but I, I, I know there's not enough time in the day <laughs> to do all of those. So I've got to prioritize, which is going to help me grow my business first and help people first. And that's what I'll start on. But then at some point, you know, things get into a rhythm, they get into a habit and you're not really thinking about them. They come, become automatic and you can take your time and energy and mental space to then start on the next goal. Um, and then eventually, you know, those, those, that list kind of gets whittled down or you replace it with other fun stuff. <laughs> so it's to have that prioritization uh, to just decide as a couple, here's what we like first uh, and second and third or maybe they're just the top three. They're all kind of important, but at least they're more important than all the other seven. I love that. I love that you're saying come together. And um, so I'm just thinking, uh, again, back to the things that I had to retrain my my own brain for thinking of and my habits that my parents, in, you know, inherently gave me, unfortunately. But so I'm just thinking of the word safety. Okay. So what if one of the people come, you know, comes back together as, as a whole with you and the, their significant other and says, I want safety mm-hmm. as my top five. What, what do you, what, what do you say to them? What, what does that look like? Ooh, yes. So part of, you know, one of those first habits um, to, to master is to not only make goals, but to make them very specific. You know, we've heard of smart goals before. And so when, if, if, a, if someone were to come to me and say like, my number one goal is safety, then I would start to dig into that. Cause essentially my goal is like, how much does that cost? Yeah. And so then they're like, well, I don't know what I need to buy to get safety. I'm like, that's cool. I mean, is it a security system? Is it an emergency fund? Is there insurance you don't have? And so then we start to get into like, how, how are you going to buy safety? What does that mean to you? And then we can get into how much does that cost? So example, um, not a safety example, but just an example is I had one couple where they both were tired of renting and wanted to buy a house. The wife wanted to get a master's degree and the husband had a, uh, he, he raced go-karts. He was, he was into karting, which all three of those are very expensive. Yeah. And they were just kind of like in a circular conversation, like we don't know what to do first. And fortunately, they had done enough research. They knew what house they wanted and down payment and that type of stuff. So they kind of knew how much that cost. But the husband had never sat down and said, well, like, how much does it cost me on average every month to have this hobby? And then I asked the wife, well, how much does your master's degree cost? And in her research, she found her company would reimburse her and pay for her master's degree. So eventually, awesome. it would be free. But she didn't know that. Mm. It wasn't until she found that out to say, oh, well, that makes it a real easy yes. Like they might have to go into a little bit of student loans to just pay up front, but then it's going to be reimbursed. And it's really not going to be a lot. So it's like, okay, well, that's an easy yes. But then the husband sat down and, you know, after we had tracked their money and looked at their budget and how much everything cost, he looked at saving up for the down payment of a house versus his hobby. He's just like, you know what? I'm a lot, you know, compared to hobby, compared to living in an apartment, I really want a house. He wanted the house more. So Mm. he was willing to give up that hobby for now. 
because it was just that money was better spent towards saving for the down payment of a house. So if someone came to me and said, I want safety, then I, you know, it just comes down to like, well, what does that actually mean? How are you going to buy that? And then once we find the numbers, then we compare it to your life to say, well, I, I know what you want, which is cool. No judgment. And now we know how much it costs. Can you actually afford that? And if the answer is no, then what are we going to say no to for you to say yes to safety? And that's, that's where the, the conversations start to become productive. <laughs> oh, I love, love, love that answer. And I love that you shared that uh, story with that, that example. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think of legacy and money go hand in hand. So what would be your legacy? What do you want to be remembered for? Oh, goodness. No one has ever asked me that. That's a, you're, you're two for two, Shay. Um, <laughs> golly. Um, you know, my legacy? I, you know, I guess I don't think about it very much. To be honest, I don't really care. Like, I don't mind if my name's on a building. I just want to have the happiest experience and journey that I am now to get to me to the next realm, whatever that may be. (laughs) Um, And that's about it. I mean, it's at a certain point, I kind of believe that like, well, once I'm dead, it kind of doesn't matter anymore. So do whatever you want. I'm gone. (laughs) So for me, legacy, I suppose it kind of comes down to is, uh, is helping as many people as possible learn to make great decisions with money. I think that's, that's what I'm going after. That's my mission. That's, that's what I'm after. Hmm. Yes. Yes. And I can see that you are doing that actively every day. So yes, (laughs) definitely. Uh, So as we're coming to a close, please tell us how people can connect with you. What is your website, social medias, LinkedIn, all of that. Yes. So I am adulting with money everywhere. Uh, So on Facebook, uh, Instagram, I'm never on Twitter, although technically I have an account. Uh, (laughs) But the best place is to go to YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel and I've got videos coming out every week. You can, I'm not all that popular yet. So if you have a question, I definitely read all the comments. So come to my YouTube channel, subscribe, uh, adulting with money and, and ask questions. And also the best content that I will make come from questions that people ask me. I will, I want to give you what you want and what you're asking for. Um, so that's the best place to get a hold of me. Um, but if you're interested in those guides that I've written, um, go to adultingwithmoney.com that, you know, the pop-up's going to pop up. So just sign up right there. <laughs> um, and if, and if you can't find it, you know, email me or find me on Facebook and I can't wait to help you out. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time, for being here. I know you're busy and this is just it's been so full of information. I, I know the <laughs> listeners are going to be like feverishly taking notes as they've been uh, listening along. So uh, I always like to leave with this question. Uh, what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Mine is consistency beats perfection. Mm. I, I believe that you know showing up is half the battle and just keep at it. Um, I'm, I'm doing that with my health. I'm doing that with my money. I'm doing that with my relationship. And I suppose at a certain point, I don't believe that there is an end. So it's just to keep getting better, try to be better tomorrow than I am today. And I focus on consistency and don't worry about doing it right. Don't worry about being perfect. And, and it's funny if you go to my YouTube channel, uh, I end every video with, and remember consistency beats perfection. Mm. And you, what you'll notice is that I spell consistency beats perfection wrong every time. 
<laughs> a little Easter egg. So if you go to my videos and see uh, that, I, I just started that this month because it's, it's true. Like I just, yeah. just, just keep showing up. I'd rather keep saying it and not worrying about spelling it right. And, and so that's a, trying, to, trying to live by my own motto. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Consistency, not perfection. It's so true. Absolutely. So true. Well, again, Dan, thank you so, so much for being yes. here. Thank you, Shay. I had a great time. We should do it again sometime. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to have you back on the show. Hey, don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.